0: Pastor Nick asked me a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, what am I going to share? What am I going to share? I was getting out of the shower, and I heard in my heart, Obadiah. Obadiah. And no, I'm not going to get the minor prophet and blast you guys with the book of Obadiah. But I did read it. And I'm like, ah, I didn't didn't, didn't feel like that's what I was going to share on. But then I looked at what the definition of Obadiah was. and, and, And the definition is servant of God. You know, and in my, as I was like, oh, that'd be good, that'd be good. And it's the highest election, and there's actually no other position in the kingdom of God than being a servant of God. And, you know, as I just hear Richard's testimony, I'm like, I didn't share what I was saying, but bless you, Richard, and as I walked with you and, like, you know, got to know you, that guy is, the, is a great example of, of a servant. Yeah. He goes hard every day. And, uh, yeah, so God bless you, man. I'm proud of you. I love you. Um, so, yeah, just a few points. I'm going to try to condense it. As, but, uh, you know, I was just feeling, you know, like, what, what, what is our calling as Christians? You know, nowadays, you know, Christian isn't the, the top thing that people want to hear, right, unfortunately. And so I did some research, and I was, like, looking up the meaning of Christian, and the Greek, the meaning of Christian is actually to be a follower of Christ. It comes from Christi, Christos, meaning anointed one, and follower of Christ comes from Christanos. So, it actually, what it, what it what it says to me is actually Christ in you, right? That's when you when you become a Christian. It's you have Christ Himself that lives within you, you know? And so a Logan translation, the Logan Scott translation, the LST, uh, that would be, right? LST version. Um, To sum up the definition for me, it would be to be a servant. That would be the definition of a Christian. Um, Because if Christ is in you, you know, scripture says that he came to serve, not to be served. And if we have Christ himself living in us, then I think we are called to do the same thing Jesus did, and that is to be a servant. I just want to honor Pastor Corey, Julie. Those are another awesome examples of servants. They got up at 6 o'clock in the morning this morning to bring Richard all the way here so he could share his testimony. And so I just want to bless you and honor you today. You guys are a blessing. But yeah, we're called, to be a, we're called to be a light in a dark place. And so what it means to be a Christian, at least according to culture, which has changed over the years, many people think that going to church occasionally or simply believing in God makes them a Christian. But the Bible presents a different perspective and a definition of Christian. A Christian is someone whose behavior and heart reflects Jesus Christ, someone who has Christ inside of them. Right? Imitators. So a Christian is someone whose behavior and heart reflects Jesus Christ. A follower of Jesus, so followers of Jesus, were first called Christians in Antioch. In Acts 11.26, it says, For a whole year Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians. First at Antioch. They were called Christians because their speech and their behavior were like Christ. So what does it mean to behave like Jesus Christ? So as a Christian, someone who puts their faith and trust in the redemptive work of Jesus Christ through the death on the cross and subsequent resurrection, our behavior mirrors, reflects, and resembles Christ. Being gracious... And merciful to others is behaving like Christ. Forgiving, loving, and praying for our enemies, my brother Richard shared, that's Christ like, man. Not always being right, and even when you are right, you're wrong. Yeah. That's Christ like. Welcoming and serving the marginalized, the least among us, that's being like Jesus. Caring for the sick, needy, underprivileged, widowed, orphaned, poor, abused, and vulnerable. Those who are the last, that mirrors and reflects the Son of Man. Striving for justice, that resembles Jesus. But it's not simply good works that make someone a Christian. Being a follower and a disciple of Jesus extends beyond our outward behavior. It also includes the conditions of our heart. So what does it mean to have a Christian heart? So when we put our faith and trust in Christ and we commit our lives to serving him and serving others as he served us, our behavior and our mindset reflects the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Christ is with us and in us. We are new creations, not for anything that we did, because Christ is in us, the hope for glory. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, drop the mic. He's a new creation. His sins are forgiven. His debt is canceled. And he is now a child of God. That's the LST version. <laughs> but our old way of thinking is gone. Our motivations, desires, and purpose are replaced with delight in the things of God. And the joys and pleasures of our lives are exponentially enhanced through our relationship with Christ and our selfish and worldly pursuits are exchanged. And I was crying in that song that I just long to desire you, God, because it's replaced with wanting to desire God, wanting to honor God in everything that we do. Life in Christ is not a I don't get to do what I want. Hmm. I got to clean the toilet today. No, it's not a life of loss. It's not. It's actually instead a life of abundance. Because where I used to think, right, and what I used to like and desire pales in comparison to what my heart now desires. Hey, Richard, your desires, and they pale compared to who you used to be? Do you see things now in a grander, deeper, and a meaningful way? Absolutely. Logan does too. Right? I was checked out too. And one man named Rabbi Ahuja came into jail and he believed in me. Little red-headed Logan. Said, you're all right. So one of the new ways we see the world is through the lens of others first. And you see, I'm using Richard a lot, sort of pick on you, but now he's on the streets doing street ministry. He's like closing the intake process. He's like totally all in, just wants to make sure that person's getting 100% the help that, they, that he can give them because he's putting others first, right? Because that's Christ in him doing that. That's not Richard Halverson doing that. Richard Halverson, right, was lost at once and then, now he's a child of God, and Christ came in him. So Christians are called to love the orphan and widow and care for the lost and the less fortune. So God's concern for the vulnerable or marginalized is apparent in his commandments for this. He says this. He says, Religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep one's self, let's highlight that in your Bible, one's self from being polluted by the world. You know that's why James. That's why I think the word Christian got so a bad rep because we're too busy trying to change everybody else. But that's James one twenty-seven, and all too often we do that. We pick other people apart. We chime in with our two cents. We uh, get in the mindset, oh he he, she could have did that better. Oh, she should know better, right? Instead of keeping oneself from being polluted by the world. So quote time. I have uh, the blessing and honor to have a life coach. His name is Dwayne Siemens. um, And I'm just going to share his quote that really touched me. He shared this great knowledge with me. He said, I manage me to influence others. I don't manage others. I don't manage my wife, even though I try a lot of the time. Forgive me, God. I don't manage my kids. I manage me. And in doing me, I influence them. Would you think I know our minds just can't fathom that. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm going to get real with you guys. The other day, I was, uh, I was offended with my wife, believe it or not. I'm such a terrible person. That shouldn't happen, right? Like you don't get offended with your wife, right? Every day, maybe I don't know. But I heard in my heart I heard in my heart of hearts, and I'm, I'm I'm a growing man, and I'm not perfect. But you know what? I'm uh, I'm chasing. I'm chasing to be better every day, you know. And so I know that the Lord is is pleased with me because I'm trying. But uh, I heard in my heart of hearts. My father confronting me in my sin. He said, Logan, you know, when you make a mistake, can you come to me? You know, Lord, you're the Alpha and the Omega, you're the beginning and the end, all of a sudden you're, just like, you're, out, of the, you're out of the gutter. Yeah, I answered, yeah, for sure. I come to you. And so when you come to me, how do I embrace you? Well, it encourages me when I start worshiping God, right? You encourage me, God. And there's that pause. God, you know? Said Logan. Can you imitate that for your marriage and your ministry? When your wife and your kid they make a mistake? Can they come to you? Are you gonna pick them apart? Or are you gonna embrace them and let them know that they're loved? You know, God's famous mic drop. Where'd you go? said what i had to say <laughs> right so mark 9 35 sitting down jesus called the 12 he says if anybody wants to be first he must be the very last and the servant of all because god's eye says when you're last and you're the servant of all you are first right you're imitating me my boy you're imitating me my girl proud of you i know it hurts so here jesus is sharing the passover meal with his disciples he has created everything in the upper room he invented the oak tree that made that table right he started the time that counts out the hours before his crucifixion and in his mind he swirls the physics of the universe He also spun the DNA of his disciples and shaped their hearts and feet, dirty feet that he washed. As he kneels, imagine washing our feet. He takes off his garments and offers us this invitation. If we want to know and love God, the creator of all this, then we are called to serve as he serves, expecting nothing in return. He says to us, I am among you. As one who serves. Luke twenty-two, twenty-seven. How might we follow Christ to serve others out of a meek and lowly heart? Hmm. And there's that, you know, inevitable Monday morning. Eagles at the office. I don't know your job site. Conflicts at home. You didn't take out the garbage. You know? Competition in the classroom, right? I got 70%, you know? And you failed or whatever. (laughs) How do I humble myself and receive God's grace? The answer is serve. How do we keep from looking after number one, our own best interests? Serve. That's the answer. So, my next point do we understand the cost? And calling his first disciples, Jesus made certain that that they understood the cost of following him. He said that God's kingdom for God's people must be first priority. Crazy scriptures. He says, Jesus said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, and wife, and children, and brother, and sister, and yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. You can't fathom that. But but whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me. Right? Represent him through you. Not like, you know, get your 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 neighbors' shoes all done up and all that stuff. And, you know, but you know, managing yourself and Anyways, that's what God was speaking to me in my heart. And then there's, the, so that's Luke 14, 25, 32. I kind of rabbit trail there. But as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus. He said, Jesus replies to him, he says, foxes have holes. And the birds have the air have nests. He says, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury the dead. What? You know, he's, he was pretty blunt, you know, our, our Savior. He's like, are you sure? Did you count the cost? You know, are you ready to serve me? Are you ready to follow me? Right? So when we talk about the cost of discipleship, we're not throwing a pity party. Nor are we boasting as little heroes like, hey, I have this pulpit here. Look at me, you know? No. Uh, we're, t- we're, we're talking about it because it's normal Christianity, guys. And we wouldn't want it any other way. If we saw this guy homeless, you know, I remember, you know, just being a little kid and, you know, on Picton Avenue in Thunder Bay, you know, you, always, you know, every day you bring a different cat home. And your mom's like, Logan, like, you can't have all the cats in the house. Right? But it has, doesn't have a home. You know, so we got to take it, right? And it's the same heart. We see these people on the streets, and they're they're hungry, and they're, you know what I mean? And they don't, they're so confused, and they don't know what to do. It's like, I want to take you home. But, you know, Krista's is like, no, you're not doing that. <clears throat> yeah. We only have three bedrooms, Logan. Okay. But, um. Yeah, we're not. It's just, it's just the love that's in us, you know. And sometimes love hurts, man, because it's like you want to know the answers, you want to have the recipe, you want to know how to to help that person. But a lot of the times, our help is just a prayer and intercede and stop and consider that individual, you know. Compliment his haircut or her haircut, right? Hold the door some reason that's a shocker i was holding the door for this guy the other day at the bank what are you doing i'm holding the door for you what i'm a hero (laughs) so jesus gave his disciples the secret of of uh faithfully following him but they did not recognize it at the time he said the spirit gives life the flesh counts for nothing. John 6:63. 6, and this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. Verse 65. The disciples that walked with Jesus for 3 years learning, observing and participating in his miracles, yet even they could not follow him faithfully in their own strength. They needed a helper. So who gets the Holy Spirit? Anyone can ask for the Holy Spirit and receive them in their hearts as their helper and guide them to truth. God willingly gives to all who obey him, who seek to be his disciples and truly want to follow Jesus. You know, but, if, but it is what you do through the Spirit once he dwells in you that changes your life. Hey, Richard, Richard. Go to the grocery store. Go to the grocery store. A guy's pacing there, and he's like, y- "You know God?" He's like, well, "I was actually gonna take my life if God didn't send somebody." And next thing you know, you're like, "Whoa!" You got an experience, you know. When we, when we, when we, we, you know, we get those little crazy blimps in our mind that, that calls us to go and do something, and usually, you know, we we meet up with a pretty awesome, radical experience. Right? It's, it's, those, it's those promptings and being obedient to them that change our life, grow our faith. So if you're not faithful to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart, the Spirit can be quenched. The role of the Holy Spirit is to show you the truth. The sin in your flesh that needs you needs to be eradicated and to give you the power you need to overcome that sin, which you cannot do in your own strength no matter how hard you try. Romans eight, twelve to 13, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will surely die. But if you live by the Spirit and you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live forever. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. So, I'll leave you with one question. Are we truly willing to follow? You know? And God supplies all our needs through his glorious riches. Right? And the answer is just depend on God, be obedient, and listen to his spirit. So I'm, I'm just going to read this, uh, I'm just going to read John 6, 60 to 71, and then I'm just going to close and let the Holy Spirit minister accordingly. Um, but many disciples, followers of Jesus, Christians, will find this walk hard. <clears throat> and so... You know how many times I pray to God. God, I'll never do it again. Lord, forgive me um, for what I did. You know, I'll never do that again. And I heard God confront me. You know, every time he's saying, you can't, if you could take whatever it is that's hindering you out of your life, then you wouldn't need the Savior, right? And I think it's 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 finding that you know it's god in the relationship with him and our walk and our fun it's like a child you know it's like you know god just performs everything and it's it's really it's really god it's all god it's all god you can't be a christian without the holy spirit You can't be a Christian in your own strength. You can't. You can't forgive 70 times, 70 times. You can't. You need God. You need that relationship. You need to, like, a child go to him and, man, I'm so fed up with so-and-so. God gives you peace. God says, my boy, tomorrow's a new day. If you can figure it out today, awesome. But you know, tomorrow's, <laughs> tomorrow's a new day. <laughs> and then you wake up and you're like, "Krista, I love you. I'm sorry. Could it be to yell at you? You? <laughs> Whatever. I won't won't uh, introduce you to my problems. <clears throat> I love my wife. I truly do. We're going and we're working. We're a work in progress. Amen. All of us, right? Come before God. So let me read this. I'm going to leave this with you. So on hearing it, this is uh, John six 60. I'm going to read right up to until I stop. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? <laughs> Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of the disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you? Have I not chosen you? I'm not going to call anybody the devil, so I'm going to stop there. But it says, Yet one of you is the devil. But, um, God's chosen us. And, uh, God's fun. God's really fun. Fun. You know, He's a breath of fresh air. You know, as we, as we go about our days and, and individually, you know, meet with Jesus. You know, whether it's, you know, you get the little confirmation in a Snickers bar. I don't know. It's just fun. It tickles your spirit. You know, consider God in all things. You know, God is, God is amazing. And you know, seven years ago, I was all cracked out in Calgary, Alberta, you know, just living in a stranger's basement for seven days eating out of a can. And I went out to get fresh air, and humility fell upon me. And I got down to my knees, and I said, well, God, if, if you're able to get me out of this mess, I'll follow you. You know, I'll follow you. I will. And, you know, the next day, I'm, the guy that I'm staying with is, comes home, and he's accusing me of stealing his money. And he kicks me out of his house, and I'm in Calgary. I have nowhere to go, but I have this stolen vehicle. So I hop in the stolen vehicle and I start driving back to where I know, Thunder Bay, Ontario. And lo and behold, I get to Dryden really slow, 16 hours later, and I get flagged on a high speed chase. And later I go to jail for two years, less a day. And I remember that prayer some reason is at the forefront and oh my God's answering my prayer and I knew that all through jail Soon, th- right when I got to Kenora uh, right when I got to Kenora Remand Center I asked to see the chaplain and I just remember the chaplain told me about Teen Challenge but the, the judge wasn't having it but anyways I would pick apart this chaplain's philosophy and you know Ask him a thousand questions, and every every time he'd faithfully come back with the answers to my questions. So I kind of I gave him questions. Next week he answered them, gave him some more questions. But anyways, I got finally sentenced and sent over to Thunder Bay Correctional Center. And at Thunder Bay Correctional Center, I got baptized. First person to get baptized in jail. I was special. You know, I, I shared my testimony with the six other men in the jail that were getting baptized. I said, you know, I used to pray to God only when I went to jail. And I said, if you let me out, I'll follow you. And I, surely I didn't follow him. But I made a declaration. I decreed, I declared and decreed that day that I got baptized that uh, I'm I'm for real this time. But anyways... Um. Rob Yehujah, if most of you know him he's an awesome guy came in jail and shared his crazy story with me I said, I'm going to do this I'm going to do this so I declared and I decreed and then God tested me if I was I don't know if test is the right word, but, you know, he's like, okay, let's see if he's serious. And it was like the next day I said that, that testimony at the baptism. There's this man that probably shouldn't be in the jail, somehow got through the doors. And uh, so I went to Teen Challenge. I called Pastor Corey every day in jail, every Monday, to hold my bed. But you know what? He loved us while we were still sinners. And uh, it's one of my hard days. We all have them. Surely you will make a way. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for allowing me to share. And, uh, yeah, God bless.